and welcome to Parkinson's Life, the award-winning podcast offering a voice to the global Parkinson's community. Each episode, we bring together people impacted by the condition for an honest conversation to share their stories, perspectives, and ideas on how to live well with Parkinson's. In this episode, we're looking at the relationship between Parkinson's and fitness and how to keep your body moving with the condition. A host of research highlights the importance of physical activity for people with Parkinson's, but as time goes on, the condition can create new obstacles for those looking to keep up an exercise regime. So how can people with Parkinson's stay fit? Our first guest is Miriam Holzel from the Netherlands, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's seven years ago. Since her diagnosis, Miriam's relationship to fitness has encompassed a hike up Mount Kilimanjaro and immobility caused by back pain, which she has worked hard to overcome. She is joined by Mariela Graziano, an Argentinian based in Luxembourg who has been a physiotherapist for more than 30 years. Determined to improve the life quality of people with Parkinson's, she helps her patients to find the exercise routines that work best for them. In this episode, Miriam and Mariella discuss the importance of fitness for people with Parkinson's and share tips to help those with the condition stay motivated and empowered to exercise. This episode was funded by pharmaceutical company Bial, whose mission is to discover, develop, and provide therapeutic solutions in the area of health. I'm Miriam Hulsel. I'm 47 years old. I'm living in Antwerp in Belgium. I live with my partner and my two children. I was diagnosed in May 2014 when my youngest daughter was just one and a half. The first symptoms that I remember, probably 2006, loss of smell, weakness in my hands, a tremor in my leg, difficulties in multitasking. My name is Mariela Graciano. I'm a physiotherapist. I have a special interest in movement disorders and in particular in Parkinson's. I currently live in Luxembourg in a city called Esch-sur-Alcette, where I have my neuro practice. And I am also the trainer of physiotherapist in Parkinson-Net Luxembourg. I just would like to know, because I am interested in movement, how did Parkinson's changed your relationship with exercises, fitness, movement, and above all, having fun. So first of all, I think it was even at the, the, the consult I had with my neurologist where I received my diagnosis. I think one of the most important things that she mentioned was, of course, there's medication. You can take medication but they won't work optimally if you are not doing exercise. So you need to move and do it on a very regular basis and your medication will work optimal. I was already doing some running. I was running with a couple of friends. I went to the park maybe I think twice, twice a week, sometimes something like that. I noticed that uh, after some time of doing running, um, my back started to hurt really badly. This lasted a couple of years where I was going on and off on the indoor fitness machines, like walking upstairs. It was a sort of uh, electrical stairs where you could continue walking up until that hurt. And then you move towards a bicycle and then your 
neck hurts and then you move to another machine and then <laughs> you just hit the nail on the head, Miriam. Injury. Because we keep on saying to everyone, with and without Parkinson's, let's keep fit, move. But when we start doing this, we may injure ourselves. And with something like Parkinson's, you have other possibilities of injury. So what did you do with your back? Yeah, you, you just cannot allow yourself to have an injury because you need to continue moving. You cannot break a leg or go, go skiing and take that risk. So I stopped skiing. I did not stop moving, but I just don't take any risk. I don't want to end up in a chair when I have to sit up with my leg up for six weeks and lose all my muscle strength. Because the problem is if you stop doing exercise, within a few days, you have to start from zero. And Marielle, what inspired you to pursue your career in physiotherapy and, and focus on movement disorders? I first became interested in Parkinson's when, as an adolescent, I had the opportunity through family connections to meet people with Parkinson's. I was an adolescent, so I didn't really know what was I was watching, I was seeing, and I could see that these people moved slowly. And they had difficulty communicating their own feelings and who they were. I was intrigued by all that. And then, because we are talking of the late 60s, it was the beginning of Levodopa. And I could see indirectly how the medication changed the way people moved. So that made an impression on me and stayed in me and is partly one of my passions of analyzing and understanding movement. So I think we all know that exercise is one of the most important things if you have Parkinson's. What do you do to motivate people to make them understand they need to do it? The main thing is to understand why we don't need to explain why exercises are important in 2021. There is a lot about it everywhere. But the thing that people with Parkinson's need to accept is that the condition always touches the coordination of movement. So apart from the need we have of exercises for everyone, there is another aspect, which is a coordination of movement. You have the stiffness, you have the rigidity, you have the slowness of movement. And of course, medication is important. But you need to counteract with what is called a personalized program. Without the personalized program and the coaching of an expert professional by your side, it will be difficult to get you through a whole life with this condition. Yes, I, I think you, you, you actually put a very um, important part that do it together. I remember I needed motivation one day um, because, of course, we all know that exercise is important. But after a couple of years, you need a good reminder. And um, it, it's, it's very important that you have somebody that can motivate you and explain to you again and again why you need to take care of yourself. It was interesting to see your journey with movement before and after the diagnosis. And also you referred to your children and the need to 
keep fit for them and I'm sure go on the floor and do all sorts of things. How did you manage through the years to keep yourself motivated? Well, I noticed that once you stop or once you allow yourself a break, your condition goes back to zero within a few days, actually. You constantly have to start from zero again and you have to find your motivation to to actually start from zero. And, and even if you're not getting further than five or six, um, a, week, a week later, it can be zero again. Okay, just do it. Because um, if you at least do like three times a bit of cardio or, or something like that, um, like 30 minutes of cardio a week, the effective of the movement is that your, your body is flexible, but also your brain becomes more flexible. So it, it has an effect on your entire body, your, um, the way you digest your food, the way you think. It, it's very important if, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you stop doing it, you're, you're very stiff, you, your brain is stiff, everything is stiff. You talked about aerobic activity and you put an emphasis on that and you said that you do as much as you can do and that is like not only helps your, head, your body gives you some air to your head. And then you talked about flexibility. That's a lot of things all together. And, um, and sometimes the, the focus is on cardio. The other times the focus is on the joints, uh, stiffness. And what about balance? A balance as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, strong legs, strong ankles and retain your balance. Sometimes you think you're completely in balance and you found a solution to everything. And then something new comes up and you have to deal with that. First, you think, okay, this is new. Maybe it goes away, but then it stays like uh, having your feet glued to the floor. And then what do you do then when they get glued to the floor? Uh, so what I do now when I get glued to the floor, I don't move at all. Because if my body starts moving and my legs don't follow, this is, this is the moment when you, when you fall. So what I do is I concentrate left, right left, right. And, and when I feel I have control over my legs and they're following, I make a step and it's no guarantee it works, but, um, I think training is, is doing a lot. So this is new to me. Um, I think since half a year I, I have experienced freezing and I think this is something that I have to learn to, to, to manage. So Mariela, what do you recommend people who are struggling with freezing? and with safely moving from one side to the other side in, in the room and with door openings and everything that's narrow, with, which is a problem for people with Parkinson's to, to pass. And, and I know, especially when, when the, the, the floors are, are covered with, with, with stuff or the openings are not wide enough or the, the door is, is not entirely open, it already makes you go into freezing or um, makes your steps more difficult. What do you do to help? You are mentioning two elements. Uh, one is the freezing, which is the consequence of what I said earlier, that Parkinson's has an impairment in co movement coordination. And the other one would be the factor of exercises, which could complement many things. Let's tackle the freezing, which is what really you brought here. And you already gave the solution. And you said it, you got, first of all, to check what happens with your medication. 
maybe the medication is going away and you need to readjust it with your doctor, not on your own, or with a nurse if necessary. And then you go to what is called the strategies of movement, which, for example, you illustrated one. You stop, you concentrate, and you say one, two. And then you said something, training. So you need to train yourself. But I really think you need somebody with you as well. Eh? And you need to train yourself in good moments. But you cannot do all this if you haven't done your exercise program properly as well, because you need to loosen up your body. You can call it exercise. For example, when people come to me and they say exercises are boring, I don't like them. So I said, why don't we change the word? Why do we have to be so formal? Like a school. Let's talk about something else. And I said, when you move, what do you like doing? And then when you push and you push, people say, well, I love music. Others said, well, I used to dance. And why not now? So then music, dance, movement, and let's say exercises. They can all go together. And then you can adjust this music that person enjoyed a long time ago to see if that can be the perfect cue to help them with freezing and maybe a good rhythm, tuck, 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 which tickles some lovely memory in the person, you can adjust them to a strategy to go across the room. But this exercise or dancing or Tai Chi or whatever you want to call and do should be there every day. Absolutely, yeah. That's a very important thing. I remember we were walking with a big group of people doing some charity in um, on the Isle of Wight. One person actually had uh, speakers with him, and we put music on speaker. And um, of course, dancing is difficult. It makes me look very silly, so that's why I, I can't do it and I'm not trying it. But I liked skipping. <laughs> we started skipping actually <laughs> during that walk, and we just had so much fun. And, and was people? Some people were surprised to see me skipping actually. But that's something you will, I think, continue being able to do, like cycling. You you don't lose that uh, that capacity. You see, this is what it means: the surge, the little bit of a inner surge, yes, on your own or with some person who can guide you. What is the movement that makes you move? and that you enjoy. And then you can put the other ingredients, the cardiovascular activity, the strength training, the balance, the flexibility, the fall prevention. But instead of giving all that, let's go to what is good for that specific person, try to progress it, to make it adjusted to the person needs. Yes, I remember it's so important to, to listen to music, for example, when I'm cooking. I put headset on and then um, I can completely focus on what I need to do. I don't hear any background noise and I can chop my vegetables and prepare everything in, in just one go. Basically, I use music with everything I do almost. It's, it's keeping me focused. That's it. This is what cueing does. Music is a cue. 
Yes. One, two, three is another cue. They really yeah. got your head, your mind focused on something. Miran, and what about another another thing we are all very expert in mentioning, which is called non-motor symptoms and exercises? Absolutely, yes. That's a very important part um, because it is, um, it, it's actually one of the hardest things is getting up, putting on your shoes, and you can feel extremely exhausted, unable to, to keep your eyes open, unable to move at all. Like somebody could walk by with a piece of chocolate and you're unable to lift your arms, that feeling. So can you imagine if somebody feels that and we can understand it might not only be freezing, it could be fatigue. It's fatigue. It's like feeling paralyzed. Because you go into the freezing. So we cannot demand people to do an exercise program when things like that are going through. We need to go there first. We need to see if the non-motor symptoms are very strong because it's up to the professional to get it out. You need to wait for the right moment. If you're on or off, it makes a big difference if you can rely on, on your, your brain and, and how to uh, find other ways to start moving. But I think one of the most important thing is just go outside, take a deep breath and feel the oxygen filling your lungs. Breathing, I think, is also impacted. Sometimes my breathing is so slow, I hardly notice I'm, I'm breathing. So I, I can imagine it makes me sleepy and it, take, it takes away my alertness. So when I focus on my, my breathing, I drink water and, and, and these are all ways to increase your level of oxygen in your blood. And also invest in a, in a couple of good shoes because there's always a turning point when you feel the level of effort you put in the exercise, makes you, it makes you tired versus the level of energy it gives to you. Uh, if you're doing a little bit extra, for example, if you just walk for 15 minutes, it can make you tired. But if you walk for two hours, you will notice the next day you have gained some energy. You have gained some, some extra dopamine or energy. You, ha you have renewed yourself just a little bit. You're listening to episode six of series two of the Parkinson's Life podcast with Miriam and Mariella, funded by BL. Be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform to hear more from the series. Miriam, I know that a few years ago you did the amazing task of climbing the Kilimanjaro. First of all, congratulations for that. But uh, do you think that anybody can do that? Or would you say that that initiative could put other people at risk? because not everybody is the same. Yes, Mariela, back in 2017, where we climbed the Kilimanjaro with seven patients and seven buddies, we felt actually a lot of pressure and a lot of, not, a lot of need to make sure people were aware of young people having Parkinson's. So we thought in a couple of years, we may lose the ability to do this. We have to do this now because we are not being able to, to do this in like five or 10 years. We need to do this now. And if we want to do something for other people, because we did not just do it for ourselves, we did it for other people. We wanted to raise awareness and, and, and make sure people actually understand that one of the causes could be wrong food, for example, pesticides, 
I remember my parents and my partner were not too keen on me doing this because um, I have children to look after and um, I, I had struggled doing my daily routine. I have um, problems doing the school run at three o'clock because that's usually the moment when I'm very off. I had a lot of people telling, oh, it's amazing what you're doing. But at home, it was a very different response because you know that when you're doing something extra, there will be always consequences. Weeks after, you will still be tired, for example. Um, you need to find the backup for your, for your kids. But how do you explain at home, for example, you cannot go to the bakery? First of all, sometimes doing something unusual deblocks you yeah. and gives you an oomph and a need cannot be compared to daily life. And then the other point is perhaps if somebody asks me and I take into consideration your experience about thinking of the family and going to the baker, and I would say you may do what you wish to do, but consider the consequences because it's Parkinson, you and your family and the rest. It's up to you to consider the consequences and to talk with the people who are next to you. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it, if, if, it, if you really want to do something and it, you feel it, it's giving you a boost, it's giving you energy, you can do this preparation and you can involve your family. You can walk together, for example. Um, you can walk with your kids. But uh, I think it was something that we felt we had to do now because in a couple of years' time, you may not be able to do so. After this experience you have for all these years and all the exciting things you did, and I'm sure you still do, have you found a balance between exercises, daily life, and urges to do extraordinary things, for example? Absolutely, yes. I have a balance in my daily routine. I'm trying to do a 30 or 15 to 30 minutes run on my Octane ZR8, Zero Runner 8. That's boosting my, my condition. And it's actually very nice that it's not putting any pressure on the joints. So if you have injuries, you can still move on this on this machine and it's, it's incredible. It's a lifesaver. And on the other part, um, doing extreme things, I think I'm going to leave that to the next generation <laughs> just because I feel that there's other ways to raising awareness for Parkinson's. And you should never compromise your health by raising awareness. When I started preparing for climbing the Kilimanjaro, I did not take a lot of medication. And I was scared that I would fall for a lot of more pills just to make it to the top. And on purpose, I just didn't do that because I wanted to know how what I was capable of doing without too much medication. I think it did not make a big difference because I got altitude sickness. <laughs> but uh, in the end, I think your medication needs to be adjusted to the phase you are um, and not to your plans you have in your head. Training, 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 I think is the best thing to do to, to stay healthy. So Mariela, how does fitness look like for, for a person with Parkinson's? What do you recommend them? The ingredients are to move daily with whatever routine you found suits you, 
and to push yourself a little bit more than what you could. Tolerate, like if you are running, to really feel your heart pumping. Keep it simple, do it daily, and don't overdo it. And above all, choose something that gets you interested. And whatever you choose today, it might not be what you want to do in about a week, two months, or a year. But you need to stick to it. Fitness movement is the best companion for the medication and is a member of the multidisciplinary team. Whether you do it alone, whether you do it with a group, whether you do it with a group of people who do not have Parkinson's because it is not necessary always to be with people who have Parkinson's. Society is more than that and we need to integrate with everyone. But just move at your pace a bit more than necessary and please have fun. Absolutely. There's, there's nothing you can continue maintaining without having fun. You need to find ways to, to make yourself comfortable doing stuff. When I do cooking, I, I, I find new um, tools that help me. Uh, chopping my vegetables, for example, so when I when I walk and I, I, I find the right shoes to, to walk. When I do fitness, I find the right machine that, that suits me. Find the comfortable clothes. Everything that enables you to continue doing what you like is absolutely helpful. Miriam, it has been a pleasure talking to you, seeing you and learning from you. And I hope that everything we are saying to each other, it will be useful for other people in another occasion. Thank you, Maria. It was very nice talking to you. Thank you for motivating the whole Parkinson's community. Parkinson's Life magazine is produced by Speak Media on behalf of the European Parkinson's Disease Association, the leading voice for Parkinson's in Europe. For the latest research and information on Parkinson's, visit epda.eu.com. This episode was funded by Bial, whose Keep It On website aims to inspire people with Parkinson's to get active every day. The new training area offers a range of resources, from workouts and nutritional advice to cognitive and voice tips, all designed to keep people moving. Thanks for listening to the Parkinson's Life podcast. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review. It helps make sure others can find us. If you'd like to share your story with Parkinson's Life magazine, get in touch through Facebook, Twitter, or by emailing editor at parkinsonslife.eu. Keep a lookout for our next episode, and until then, take care. <laughs>